live, more or less, from Las Vegas. I'm Rick Rosen with Mark Anthony. This is Good Sports. What's happening, Mark? Oh, God, what a day in sports. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, this even, last 24 hours has been something to behold. It even really for those is. of us that you know, are just, just on the peripherals of it, you're going, really? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> here's here's what... If you if you live in a cave under or under a rock or both, I mean, maybe you live in under a rock in a cave, you would not have heard that a the Rams acquired the Titans' number one draft pick, and the Rams are going to take a quarterback. So it's either going to be uh, Wentz or or Goff. I think the other kid's name is Goff uh, from California. Wentz is from North Dakota State. There's all this conjecture: is is one of them the next Peyton Manning, or the next John Elway, or the next Joe Montana, or the next Ryan Leaf? Ryan Leaf is the one that didn't fit there because he was such a bust. So that has taken the the the, the Rams gave up a whole lot. The Tennessee Titans are going to be really good because they have six of the first 76 draft picks this year alone. You can do a lot of restocking when they give you a really big shopping cart at the front counter. You know, six of the first 76, just think of that, Mark. That's a, that's like one for every five of, of every, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. bang, 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 here they are. So, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it, it's going to be something to to behold to watch how they maneuver, and they might trade one for some, for some more. They've got some back to back, so they can really now. Do they have enough money to pay all these cats down the road? And but I think you're going to see the Tennessee Titans make a pretty good move forward uh, with giving up the first pick, and they didn't want the quarterback anyway. They've got Marcus Mariota, and they got their quarterback. So that happened. Then last twenty four. Then, when in no particular order, uh, the Boston Celtics were playing the Miami Heat, and both teams in the in the, uh, the playoffs where they are, their seating was already. They, I don't think they knew at the time, but both of their seating uh, spots in the playoffs were already set. Yet, uh, they played a great game. Miami was up by twenty six, and Boston made the biggest comeback of the year in the NBA in that game. And come back and win, and won it by ten. I, I, I'm pretty sure they won by ten. So that was a. I mean, that's the biggest comeback of the year happened on the last day of the regular season, and the Celtics came back over the Miami Heat by 26 points. Okay, that's pretty spectacular. It was nothing <laughs> comparatively speaking. Then you had in, and this is where the this is where the question comes in. That is undoubtedly third place. Think of what I just said. Oh, it, it, it was the best one of those all freaking year long. It was on the way out the door for the regular season, and it's third. Okay? So second is where the vote comes in. And you can flip a coin, and you're going to be right. It, even if it lands on its edge, you're still going to be right because I, I, I don't know how you value one more than the other. Kobe Bryant is the only player to have played his entire 20-year career 20 years or more, with one team. Kevin Garnett has 21 seasons. And so Kobe's never going to, that's, I don't think anyone will ever break that. But it was not always, it was started with the Timberwolves and then went to the Celtics and now back with the T-Wolves and wherever, Brooklyn for a while. And so he's been around. He's been on the Larry Brown tour. 
But Kobe Bryant played all 20 years with the Lakers, and he was that transition. My God, not only was he a transition uh, from Magic Johnson and, and the Showtime Lakers, into the, the, the present-day LeBron James. You know, he went through the Michael Jordan era and the LeBron James era, and his Kobe and Shaq era is in there somewhere. He won five championships. Think of how many that is. That's, that means he averaged one every four years in his 20-year career, and they haven't been there for a while. His average has come down <laughs> these last few years. And as I said on our show earlier, Mark, I, I thought very – much out of personal experience that once Kobe tore that Achilles, there is no getting it back to how it was. There is getting it good. There's getting it. Okay. There's getting, there is no getting it back to how it was. And, and Kobe always played with a hundred percent, Mark. I think you and I saw that at, at basketball USA when we were able to see Kobe up close and, and, and personal playing against all-star caliber competition at every single practice and you i'm amazed i went i was looking at some of the photos last night going to, to find some that are up on the good sports fa- uh, facebook page and they were doing exercises they were doing calisthenics before and kobe had his knees higher and his and was doing it quick more quickly than the other guys on the we're talking about lebron james and and chris paul and, the, and i mean the guys that are basketball now and here's Kobe Bryant, and he's the old man, and he's he's got his legs up higher than these young bucks, and that's how he made that 20 years. And we saw Kobe Bryant compete at the highest level. And, you know, I don't uh, – that, that career, I don't think it will ever be equaled, Mark. So he not only – the Lakers have had a crap season. They had only won 16 games. And out of an 82-game season, that ain't very freaking many. And Kobe deserved better. And the only way for Kobe Bryant to go out the winner that he deserved to be was to win the NBA championship, make his last game a victory, and beat the Golden State Warriors somehow, and then win the NBA championship, maybe over the Boston Celtics for good measure. That would have been the absolute ultimate fairy book tale. That's the only way Kobe goes out a winner, except... The Lakers are crap all year long. They don't make the playoffs. And in Kobe's last game, he goes for 60 points. It's the most points anyone has ever scored in their finale on the way out. Unless It's the most points anybody's ever scored in their finale. It is the most points scored on the last day of the season. And they won the frick game they came from behind it would have been the comeback of the uh, of the century or at least talked about like that if it wasn't for the celtics doing even a whole lot better than that on their comeback (laughs) you know so and then you have golden state warriors mark who win their 73rd game they only lost nine games the first team in nba history not to have double digit losses over the course of a regular season oh my god they are the defending champions. They've had the freaking tar- – they didn't sneak up on anybody. They've had the target on their backs from day one. And here they are, man, 73-9. and nine. So uh, I, I don't know how you – you know, I, I guess the only thing that you would think that could possibly have any kind of, uh, of importance, uh, you know, it would be for UNLV's freaking coach to leave <laughs> for a week on the job. Because the Texas Tech job where he'd been an assistant for a long time, certainly the longest place, the, the place he, he was located the longest was at Texas Tech and when he was a Bobby Knight assistant. So he spent 10 years there. 
So now Tubby Smith gets hired to go to Memphis, where our friend John Calipari left to to go to Kentucky. And there, here's that. Here's the the, the next domino falling is Chris Beard just didn't wait long enough. He was at Arkansas Little Rock and was re- certainly obviously ready to leave. He came to UNLV, but now his dream job has opened up at Texas Tech. His daughters all live in the area. They, you know, he's got a lot more there than he has going for him here, and he wasn't all that warmly received by me included. Uh, you know, uh, uh, here in Las Vegas, um, uh, I think he just kind of thought, "Wow, I'm the guy here at the I'm the guy here at the ball at the at the black tie affair, and I'm wearing brown shoes." And I think that's kind of what uh, what Chris Beard felt like there for a little bit. He just uh, it was an odd fit, Mark. So other than that, oh. there wasn't there wasn't diddly squat happening. Nothing in else. That was it. Nothing <laughs> else. It's just a boring week. Wow. Well, hey, well, well. well, well. Well, let's start with Kobe because what's the biggest? What's the big? Well, you got five to choose from. What's the biggest story? <laughs> Kobe, Kobe. Yeah. You know, uh, no matter what, you know, Kobe always just played like it's you know. I mean, I mean, it's like I said, he always played with his heart. You know, I mean, this was the love of his game. Where does he go from here? Yeah. Oh, I think he. I think Kobe's very secure. If and I don't know how many people stayed and watched or left it on, watched the press conference following his last game. Uh, they asked him some questions in Spanish, and Kobe, very fluent in Spanish, answered back, and 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 then just went back to the English questions. And a, a Turkish reporter thanked him for for acknowledging them and making them feel a part of the press conferences because I, I believe he was able to answer a question in Turkish. I don't think Kobe Bryant wants to or needs to sit in a broadcast booth and do a game and cut everybody else up because they're not going to be Kobe. I think he's satisfied in doing what he's doing, and he's got certainly got plenty of money. You know, this gorgeous wife, the two girls, they were all there last night. It's cool. Uh, God bless Kobe. I hope he does. I hope he buys an island if that's what he wants to do and retires there. You know, I, I, I think he's earned that right. He, my goodness, what he has meant to basketball. And in spite of the things that, you know, the, the human frailties that, frailties that he has and has displayed and has atoned for and has, you know, why the hell are other people pissed off? about him screwing around on his wife, which is what he did. He didn't do rape. He didn't do screw around. Um, if she's not pissed off at him, why do I care? I mean, and yeah. I don't. But why do other people? That's what I don't understand, Mark. So that was that was some of the detraction. But Kobe had a wonderful night out. He, uh, I mean, out the door, I mean out. Uh, he enjoyed it. He didn't get incredibly emotional. Magic Johnson introduced him as the greatest Laker. I'm not certain everybody agrees with that. I think a lot of people think that belongs to Magic or Kareem or, you know, several of the, of the other people, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West. Uh, there's, there's a pretty damn long list. Uh, uh, you know, they should have an entire wing at the Hall of Fame for Lakers alone. Uh, it, it's been an incredible franchise. And to think that Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, is the best of them all, I'm not certain that's the truth, Mark, but he sure as hell is one of the best of all time. We were very fortunate to see him for 20 years. Now, these last couple of years have been painful, but 
you know, when Johnny Unitas quit, he was just, he was with the Chargers and, and he couldn't throw a football from, from you to your driveway. And it, it was tough to watch. Uh, Joe Namath finished up as a Los Angeles Ram and it was tough to watch. He, he couldn't play for the team that he was, was his team anymore. And none of them could. And Kobe stayed with the Lakers and saw them through this crap season. And it wasn't all because of Kobe. He tore his Achilles a couple of years ago, and that has led to other things. But he just wasn't Kobe anymore. But yet he tried tutoring the youngsters and showed them this is how you play and this is how you, you know, this is how you enjoy your life. All about basketball. So, anyway, the wind went it in. Well, nice and breezy today, by the way. Oh, it's um, a beautiful day here. Yeah, so go go ahead. I, I, I well, just think that I just think that Kobe's going to do something that that may not be mainstream. What other NBA players or or ex athletes do? I see him. You kind of hit on it there that he's that that he's probably going to help mentor and coach the next generation, or you know, do something with the youth because yeah. you know that just seemed. I mean, when he was here for basketball. USA that's what he did even with the with the opposing team you know he gave you know he would give those guys a little, little you know a little motivation to do better you know you know he's 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 not all me it's it's the game you know and you don't see that in a lot of players no you don't and mark i think the sign of respect that we both were witness to is it came at basketball USA I haven't been fortunate to see many Lakers games I wish I could have uh, but at basketball USA when they're all the players are around and they have all four baskets going and when guys are on the side or they're waiting for their turn in the lines when LeBron gets the ball it's it's not like they don't they look the other way but if they're looking they're looking Kevin Durant same thing uh, Stephen Curry same thing Kobe Bryant and people's heads, they just kind of take a pause in what they're saying and their heads would turn and watch Kobe Bryant with the basketball. There was something, you know, I mean, Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo were both really good artists, but which one was better? Well, at the moment, it was just one of those things when you, you know, you said, Hey, everybody else, this is a really neat art class, but I'm going to watch Michelangelo because he's got the brush in his hand right now. And that was Kobe with the basketball. That was his brush and the things that he did. And he translated those over to uh, uh, defense, Mark, which very few guys are willing to do. Michael Jordan was a tremendous defender. They use their athletic ability to know what they do in a certain situation, and they're able to flip that over and know what the the guy with the ball can or can't do. And so they, that makes them a tremendous defensive player, but it takes work. It takes effort. That's the that's the the thing that I think separated Kobe as much as his offense was not only did he outscore you, but he but he held you below your average. He was a tremendous defensive player. So, I mean, his plus minus ratio was way, way the hell up there. And, uh, you know, if he'd had 67 points instead of 60 last night, he would have finished at the absolute uh, 25.000 for his average scoring average. So he finished six points shy. So he's 24.9997 or something like that. 
It's way the heck down there. So we're going to give him 25, and God bless him. And, you know, here we go, Mark. Yeah, I asked you what was the most important. What about the defending champions who've had the the target on their back all season long because they are the defending champions? That's why back-to-back tougher than first time. That's why there are fewer back-to-back champions than there are most anything else. There's first-time winners. There's this. There's that. Rookie quarterbacks doing this and, and blah, blah, blah. But when you go back-to-back, it's something special. And uh, 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 the, these guys, man, they it doesn't look like it's going to be anything other than, to me, I think there are four legitimate teams with legitimate chances. The Cleveland Cavaliers the San Antonio Spurs, the Oklahoma City Thunder are all chasing after the Golden State Warriors. And unless there's injuries or something, you know, illness, some kind of virus going around or something like that, that would be that wild card thing in this, Mark. I can't imagine that anybody's got enough to beat them. I mean, they just seem they seem to get along well. They seem to do the the little things that are necessary for a team to do to go back to back. They play very well together. They get along with their, their coach. Missed the first half of the season. The assistant coach uh, uh, Luke Walton uh, gets them. You know, halfway there, he's going to be gone. He's going to be a head coach somewhere. He's earned it. But this is a well-oiled machine. I, I like. You know, people always ask me, "Who's your favorite team? The one that plays well." Well, I'll tell you what. The Golden State Warriors play pretty well. They play the game of basketball like it's supposed to be played. You know, Stephen Curry got he got he, he, Babe Ruth. You know, when Roger Maris broke Babe Ruth's record, nobody really wanted to see that. Stephen Curry, it, it, it just it, it just was kind of you can't do that to Babe Ruth. Steph Curry last night hit he broke the four hundred barrier, which is like or maybe the three minute mile compared. Or the, you know what I mean? It's just incredible feat. 402, I believe it is, three-pointers in a season. They play 82 games. The second game he's averaging somewhere in the, you know what I mean? That's an incredible athletic feat. And uh, um, his little brother, by the way, is going to be in the NBA pretty soon. He's playing in college. Seth Courier. Seth Courier. Curry, I think, is his name. Curry. I don't know why I was having t- a tough time with that. My my tongue wanted to do a <laughs> zig, and I needed it to zag. Um, anyhow, speaking of that, Mary's on her way over, so <laughs> we could we could have cocktail. Um, anyhow, Not all of us. But, uh, the the Golden State Warriors and the way they've they've gone about this, it's like Steph Curry and the, Steph Curry and the three point shot. You know that's what he's going to do. How did how the hell did he get to four hundred two? <laughs> you know that's what the guy's doing it successfully ten times a game. You know what I mean? If that's thirty points. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, uh, Steph Steph Curry just a, a, an amazing part of a great team. Coached by a by a coach who was coached by uh, by Phil Jackson, played with, alongside Michael Jordan, and knows how to kind of deal with all the egos and this and that. And uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a tough, tough deal for anybody to knock them off. Here's what I: the only way I see Golden State losing is if they have to do a back to back seven gamer. 
if they sweep somebody, if they go four and one or something like that in the first round that they have to play in the playoffs, I think they're golden. If they take, get taken to seven, I think it'll make them go longer that second series, Mark, which would be to, to play for the championship or for the right to play for the championship. And if they if, if they do that in, in their conference championship, they get taken to six or seven games, then I even if they make the finals from that, uh, I, I think they would be kind of prime for the for the picking. It's going to take a good set of circumstances. The San Antonio Spurs are a tremendous, what a hell of a team. Who got You talk about getting lost in the shuffle. Man, San Antonio, and I got to tell you, I, I, I will inform you exactly how many of what they got this year. It's just incredible, Mark, how a team that good has flown under the radar, which just absolutely falls right into their exact plan of what Popovich likes to do with his team. You know, he, uh, he, Oh, Percy Harvin, by Percy Harvin, by the way, is retiring from the NFL at 27. Uh, Ex Florida Gator, who, uh, um, uh, just, uh, just always kind of been an oddball and, and, and maybe not the best guy to have in your locker room, but the heck of a talent. So anyway, okay. Um, as we were talking about this San Antonio Spurs team, I mean, I don't know how else you would call it, but but flying under the radar. Yes. Uh, to to think that they they've uh, I believe they got seventy mark, and um, you know if not they got sixty nine, and that's you know that's I think there's only been three teams that have gotten 70, 70 victories or more. Let me see: Toronto, Cleveland. Miami, Oklahoma City, Golden State, seventy-three, San Antonio, sixty-seven victories. That's that's they only lost fifteen times. They're at a eight seventeen winning percentage. You know that eight hundred of imagine that eight hundred eight seventeen winning percentage, sixty-seven victories is a tremendous, tremendous season, and here they are. And I think they only lost once at home also. So, wow. uh, you know, there's just, yeah, and, and between yesterday and, and, and today, it's been a tremendous, what a what a, a adrenaline rush if you're a sports junkie. You know, so, and I am. I know you're not. <laughs> How the hell did you end up doing a sports talk show? Uh, some guy in a bar talked me into it. He was, you know, <laughs> Was it a strip club? Somebody, you know, somebody said, "Here, hold, hold, uh, hold my beer and watch this." Okay. <laughs> no, it's a, it's always alcohol. Okay. Speak. Speaking of bars. Speaking of. Yes. Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz, and Donald Trump are sitting in a bar having a beer after one of the after one of the uh, debates. And this guy walks in, and the bar is pretty much empty except for them two. And he looks at the bartender. He says, "Is that Trump and Cruz?" And the bartender says, "Yeah." He says, wow, that's amazing, man. So he goes down. He says, guys, he says, it's a, incredible that you guys are here. He says, debate. He says, yeah, we have a question for you. So he says, what is it? And Trump says, there's 40 million Muslims. And we're going to kill, kill them all and a blonde with big tits. And the guy says, why would you kill the blonde with big tits? And Trump says, see, I told you they don't care about 40 million Muslims. 
And so that was the <laughs> that was your gun control thing, I suppose. <laughs> Here's your Trump joke, Mark. <laughs> I didn't say I invented the joke. I heard the joke. Do you have one? You can. I believe in under the Equal Fair Time Act or whatever. You can tell an Obama joke. Hey, I just like you know, Hillary and 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 Bernie are in a sinking ship. Who survives? <laughs> Aren't we all? America. Hillary and Bernie are in a sinking ship. Who survives America? That's good. That's good. Okay. Are we going to invite more more uh, uh, input on the jokes there? That's not bad. You should. You should. Uh, speaking of jokes. Speaking of jokes. Our friend Ron Kentowski from the Las Vegas Review Journal uh, does not think highly of the um, administration at UNLV and how they've gone about this process with the basketball program, the storied basketball program, the house that Tark built, the the whole shooting match there, Mark, and they have screwed it up about as totally as you can. Even if Chris Beard does not leave now, He's been stunted in this recruiting year already. And most of his team, I think there's only three kids that, that are still coming back from this year's team. Half of them left to go elsewhere, including the NBA. They've declared for the NBA, Stephen Zimmerman, the seven-footer. So he, the cupboard is bare, man. I mean, the, the kid that was the team manager that always wanted to be like Rudy is going to get his shot. They don't have anybody. And he's going to, whoever the coach is, is I mean, is already behind the eight ball because everybody else has started. So even if he doesn't leave, if Beard doesn't leave, people are going to use that against him, and they will use anything that they can to recruit against you. So, uh, I mean, it's just a it's just a terrible set of circumstances. If they if he goes, the next guy is going to be even further behind. And you would hope that it would be somebody like Ogman who they finally get their heads out of their butts and say, okay, because Stacy was already recruiting. So he has some kids that haven't signed yet that are still, you know, he's on their radar. Okay, they got it right here and blah, blah, blah. That seems to me to be the only logical out for them, Mark, at this point. Other than that, it's I think it's going to be abysmal. So uh, that's my reasoning. But You know, <sighs> God, it's just like, okay, you had the agreement to, to coach. Why are you even looking elsewhere? Why? Well, okay, I'll tell you why. I, I don't think he looked elsewhere, but when it came open, it's where he was Bobby Knight's assistant for 10 years at Texas Tech. And it's where he started his sojourn to get around. And now, all of a sudden, it came open. It's like you're standing at the altar, and all of a sudden, your ex-girlfriend's running down the aisle. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, I decided to give you my virginity. And you're like, oh, crap. So uh, I think that's what's happened to Chris Beard. I don't hold that against him, Mark. There's no, there's no loyalty from the colleges to the coaches uh, near as much and and uh you know i if the guy can move and get a better deal and he only has to stay there one year okay i guess you know but he he will but his kids are there and it makes sense for him to go to texas tech unlb should never have had chris beard in the first damn place they had stacy ogman on board and they could have done the right thing and chose not to mark and and then they screwed that up 
You know what I mean? When you choose something that everybody is saying, no, don't, don't pick door one, don't pick door one, and you take door one, and it's a zonk. Okay, everybody was hollering, take the, take the, take the trip, take the trip. You know what I mean? And yes. so um, uh, I don't know what's going to come out of this, Mark. I think they have made a, a large number of athletic gaff after gaff after error after f up after snafu after screw up after oh my god when does it end and who does it end with there seems to be no accountability our newspaper our lead sports writer for the newspaper one of two him and ed graney ron kantowski called the regents of our university charlatans you know them are fighting words where i come from that's not yeah. that's not something you want your you want the perception to be from of your university the people in charge of running that university, and you know they named Chris Beard the coach and then it took uh, I think close to ten days Mark if not more to for them to get around to okaying the contract and this is a million multi million dollar thing they they talked about and they they had to go over so you didn't know beforehand you didn't have the attorney saying hey but instead of going for drinks tonight read this it's in a it's a contract we have to get it to this guy so we don't screw up our recruiting i mean so they're so naive about the process that it takes to have a, a major basketball program in the ncaa's that they they were not aware of this problem that they were causing by their uh ineptitude uh, well i've got a tea time at two o'clock so you know uh, we'll just have to postpone it until tomorrow. There was not that time. Chris Beard's style did not fit UNLV, what, what, what we're accustomed to, Mark, and kind of what we demand. Um, I think that's one of the reasons uh, that, that uh, you know, I, I think he, he thought coming in, hey, I can overcome that. That they'll they'll love me, and thirty and five is good at Arkansas Little Rock, but thirty and five would be okay, but not at not at with fifty five to fifty three point games. They're just not going to do that here. It's not it's not Vegas style, you know. People don't play, they don't play things that that are slow and steady. Very few people sit there and time after time after time go through the monotony of that. To get winnings, they would do that. We're, we're this is a culture here in Las Vegas that it's about the big win right now. That's why that's that's why they throw money on the crap table, and all of a sudden, yo eleven. You know where the hell did that come from? And you know how, how many other combinations there are other than eleven on them dice? So uh, that's you know that's just the Las Vegas culture, and I think the guy saw that. And, you know, Mark, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that he might have got a phone call. He said, "Hey, maybe you'd be happier elsewhere." You know, it's he's he certainly wouldn't be the first visitor to Las Vegas that that thought maybe they'd be happy here, and the, all of a sudden decided that maybe they wouldn't. And uh, so, you know, I mean, you have to take every. I think you have to take everything into into consideration, Mark, and say, okay, that's yeah. <laughs> so, certainly, if it, if that would happen anywhere, I would certainly think that Las Vegas would be a prime prime candidate for this to be the spot where something like that would occur and there's there's loyalty and you know you know uh you're talking about business people well okay business people if you're if you've been in business for a real long time in las vegas guess what if that if that if that place has been around for 40 years at some point in time in, the, in, in their business life they had to deal with the mafia so you know sometimes old friendships uh old friendships are are are, are, are worthwhile and uh, you never know mark 
So uh, stranger things have happened. So why don't you ask your buddy Frank? Give him a call. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that. You know. Yeah, but 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 you know, was the the people they had here as the assistants and all the backups walked away. You know, they you know you know they were hoping to stay here. They were hoping that it would be a locally named coach and, and you know someone who yeah. knows the legacy of the team you know some were saying that 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 you know that it was time to just just finally clean house and start over but yet i don't know you know i mean if you got the legacy there you've got the experience there step it up a bit Take again you have to play it situationally mark you play blackjack different when you're holding 16 and the dealer has a 10 than you do when you have 20 and you don't give a damn what the dealer has unless it's an ace you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you play things differently. Here was the situation. They fired Dave Rice midseason, which rarely, rarely happens in college ball. It's almost always disastrous. If they time it right, they get the new guy with, with the recruits from where he was. He brings that group in, and obviously he was good at bringing groups in, or he wouldn't have had the success that led him to be your next coach. Um, they, they, they just... Uh, absolutely painted the, 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 the guy into the corner recruiting-wise, they could have done with a little common sense and a little guidance, a little somebody somebody somewhere along the line had to bring that up at the damn meetings. Hey, we're going to fire Dave Rice. Okay, how's that going to recruit? Uh, 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 what's that going to do to recruiting? I, don't, I can't imagine somebody said that and got an honest answer. Because they would have said, "Wait a minute, then why are we why are we firing him in the middle of the season? Let him go to the end of the season. Let's let's see if who we're gonna who's gonna be available. Let's see what else is happening. We'll let it be known that we, we might be looking. We'll put those little rumors out there. We won't. We say we don't we we don't respond to rumors, and we won't you know we we won't know until we know. And you can say all the BS that you want to say that beating around the bush, but there's ways of, of programs letting it be known that they they might have an opening." And then they start fielding calls. They don't make calls out. They start getting a call. Hey, this is you know this is Joe Blow, and we won twenty seven games this year, and 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 we you know we play in a conference nobody's ever heard of. Well, thanks, Joe. We'll get back with you. Leave your name and number at the at the beep. On Calipari, I'm tired of Kentucky. Yeah, you know. So those are the kind of calls that you get. Not that I think John Calipari is leaving Kentucky, but that's what they did, Mark. So now the guy can't recruit. He could have had at least a fair shot at a at a decent recruiting class. We've lost eight uh, eight or nine players that were on the roster this year have gone on, and they're not all going to play in the NBA. They're going to play ball somewhere. It screwed up a lot of kids. You know, everybody wants to holler about the education. Okay, guess what? That the repercussions of that are it screwed up some kids' educations along the line too. So there's a uh, there's a lot of blame to go around, Mark. And if you look at that athletic department, what a joke it's been lately, and what a well-oiled machine it was when Brad Rothermel was there and uh, and Jerry Tarkanian was the coach, and to where it is now, boy, it's a that's uh, a long, long ways. You look at, at the coaching, you know. Uh, I've always tried to tell them, and I and I actually said it to the current uh, administration. I won't name her by name. That. John Robinson and, and, and Bobby Hawk and uh, uh, Sanford, Mike Sanford, and all of them didn't when they crossed the state line into Nevada. 
be something else that's working against them. There must be something else here. People in Montana are able to keep whatever few kids Montana might. People, you know what I mean? We, the, the, the recruiting grounds are California, Florida, and Texas because they have more kids that can play than they have colleges for them to play at. In places that are more sparsely populated, they don't. So you can keep a kid here from Las Vegas at UNLV. You look at the NFL rosters. They're filled with kids that played high school ball here or semi-pro ball if they played at Gorman. But <laughs> that was another <laughs> joke. Uh, uh, anyway, we had, we have a tremendous amount of talent here, Mark. Yes. And if a guy like like Tony Sanchez can keep those kids here, that, that that had successful careers, whether it was at Garmin or, or, or wherever else it is, great. But what makes it successful is they're going to have to work on the on the arena. They're going to have to work on doing something that way, or they're never going. They might as well just let me coach, let me and you coach, and say okay, or or drop the football program because you have to have a stadium a state-of-the-art stadium and state-of-the-art facilities to recruit and play for at least be in the hunt for a national championship, which is what they all want here. And that brings us back to the basketball squad. We don't want a team that goes out and three yards and a cloud of dust. They want a team that's going to pass the ball 90 times a game and, and put up incredible numbers and be fun to watch. And so by the time you're on your third martini, at the game, you're really enjoying it. So you know it doesn't put you to sleep. It keeps you. It keeps you invigorated as you're as you're buzzing along. So uh, anyway, Mark, that's uh, you know uh, again. I think there's going to be storylines. The repercussions of this deal are, are are none of them are good for UNLV. No, the the best now they're down to what's the what? How can we make the best of a bad situation? And I think there might be. I, I certainly think that uh, that. I would be in favor of maybe a restructuring of the athletic department, um, you, you know, uh, top to bottom. Uh, you know, you, you hang your hat on the people that you hire to do a good job, and when they don't do a good job, they go, and maybe you go too. Maybe we'll get rid of everybody. And I don't know if that's but they're going to have to work hand-in-hand hand with, uh, with uh, Mr. Adelson and, and uh, try to get this damn stadium built across the street. The FAA yesterday, the newscast said, oh, uh, you know, we've got news on uh, on how much might be allowed height-wise. And now the, today's newspaper, the FAA, says it could be just a little strip that would be restricted. Everything else, you can go over 200 feet. So they'll work the parking lot to be where that where that needs to be, where it's low, and, and, and they'll go from there. So the stadium's not a problem. They just gotta have to get it built. And there are people at UNLV, there are people with, with the Sands Corporation and Sheldon Adelson that can get this done if they just cooperate. And without it, then they don't have a football program, then it's all on basketball. Well, you just, you just stab the, the, the knife in the, in, the, in the goose that lays the golden eggs there. So I don't know what else. You, they fired Tim Chambers from basketball who had a drinking problem. And uh, I mean, for baseball, and and uh, he's a guy that had Bryce Harper and was good at recruiting and got those got those kids from Las Vegas to stay in Las Vegas, and, and the, he he took his act from the College of Southern Nevada to UNLV, and I don't know whether it was the pressure or whatever, but somebody didn't do a real good job of realizing that Tim, my friend Tim Chambers, needed some help, and he didn't get help; he got fired. 
And now, you know, I mean, like I say, guys don't forget how to coach when they cross the state lines, Mark. So then the next, then that person's job is to figure out what the hell's wrong and do, do something about it. Not keep doing the same thing over and over and over. You can't, two wrongs don't make a right. Well, well, I'm telling you like 12 wrongs absolutely don't make a right. And that's where, that's where UNLV seems to be. You look at the, look at the coaches, look at the, look at how they handled Dave Rice's firing. You start with Bobby Hawk, who came down from Montana, who had been able to coach successfully Recruit and coach successfully in Billings, frickin' Montana. Couldn't couldn't do the same thing here in Las Vegas. Then you go on. Then 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 you you move on. Okay, they 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 had the deal and they got Tony Sanchez. Pretty good move. They he's he's at least kept some of the talent here, but they're in this terrible conference. They don't have a TV contract worth a damn. You have to stand on your roof, face Mecca with a coat hanger in your hand to get the broadcast here. You know, you, it, they they just keep stepping on their own own hoodoo, and then then they expect that they're going to be uh, uh, you know not not feel any pain, and and it, it, this is going to be a major thing. There's going to have to be some major money spent to get it righted. That's what it's going to come down to. They're going to have to get the stadium built, or their or their football team, and, and, and that program is absolutely stunted beyond uh, any repair that I can see, Mark. If they don't get this going real quick with the with the basketball, they're going to stunt that and 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 make that an absolute afterthought, a joke of a program. And what a shame that they play on Tarkanian court. You know, I mean that's just that's just a terrible thing to think of, and and they're going to allow that to happen with this, or and and cause that to happen. They're not just allowing it; they don't just stand by and watch stuff happen. They create stuff to happen. So. I don't know what's going to go on that way. I think the Warriors are going to win the NBA championship. I think Kobe's going to stay retired and probably do some things. I think he might do some social things. I think Kobe has quite a bit of social awareness, Mark. And I think, uh, you know, like I say, he's multilingual. Uh, uh, I think he very much would like to do something. If I see him doing anything in basketball, I would think of him as doing something in Europe, uh, you know, because he was he was raised in Italy, and, and I think he's uh, very well-traveled and well-spoken. And could, you know, if, if that's what, what he's going to do, and I think you're certainly seeing a, a good amount of players coming in from that neck of the woods. So Kobe might be a real, real good fit for something like that, Mark. But I don't see him sitting on the sidelines coaching. I don't see him sitting in, in an announcer's booth and, and letting some nope. jackass talk in his ear about when it's time to take a break or something. I just don't see that that being something that's a good fit for Kobe. So speaking of breaks, uh, did we take any breaks today? Nah, we didn't do it. Should we take time. a break here? We have we have a we have a, an interview. I know we have to we have to take a break for. Uh, we did a, we did a brief interview, so we'll take a break. Okay, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. That was a <laughs> short a break. Longer break in the break. Okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyhow, Mark, uh, you know we're coming down to the nitty gritty now in uh, in uh, pro basketball. You know. We had one of the one of the four golf majors. Mark Tiger Woods didn't play in it. Nobody really gave a damn. Jordan Spieth had one of the biggest collapses ever in golf. You know, he had a quadruple bogey. He did he did some just some terrible things. And lost not only lost the green jacket, but had to put the green jacket on the guy who beat him, Millet, Millet or Willet, Willet uh, from England, and had to put the 
jacket signifying the master's victor on the guy that, that was the beneficiary of his huge collapse. I think he was up three with five or six to go, Mark, and lost the master's championship. So, and that didn't even make the, you know, that didn't even make the second page in the last week. And that it just happened Sunday. So, All right. Well, uh, is that it? That's it. Are we off and running? All right. That's it. Well, we, we, uh, we do appreciate all of those listening and supporting. And uh, we uh, look forward to seeing you again or you seeing us again, however that works. We, you know, they used to hold up the little thing and say, I can see. I can see Ricky and, oh, crap. <laughs> so I, was, uh, I didn't realize. My mom kept that going until I was probably 15, 16 years old. I thought they could see me. <laughs> 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 all right. Thanks all for listening. Uh, for Mark Anthony and all the fine folks here at Good Sports Media, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you again. I'm Rick Rosen. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye.